Hey everybody, this is Rob for the House of X Book Club, and welcome to a very special episode. This is our one-year anniversary episode, which I think what we're kind of doing tonight is a little best of 2023, since that's when we started. And we've read a lot of books in the year 2023, so we've got a lot to cover. Um, but really, what it's going to be is it's going to be our favorite our favorite moments, our favorite characters, our favorite whatever, and uh, and it should be a blast. So I've got with me, of course, the usual gang. We've got here Shane. Hey, Shane. Hey, man. How's it going? Pretty good. I'm glad you're here. Actually, before <laughs> before we introduce everybody else, I should say I'm glad Shane's here. But we're all together again. We're all in the same room, um, and Roger has pants on. Um, <laughs> So it's a second time and a first time. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, we are in Oakdale, California. Curr Don't hold that against yeah, us. Yeah. Currently at, uh, is it a, not a Ramada Inn. It's a Best, Best Western. Best Western. No, you have to say it with the Italian flair. It's the Ramada. The, Ram <laughs> the Ramada Inn. Uh, it's a Best Western. And <laughs> and it's actually Shane's room. We decided to crash his hotel and... and uh, um, but it's cool. So we're all down in the Central Valley and hanging out doing this episode, with exception of one member. Hey, Drew, how's it going? Hey, everybody. I'm you know I'm glad we were just able to port me in this time, which is kind of nice. Yeah, we missed you a lot the last time we did a an in person episode. So um, anyway, glad you're here. I still well, I missed you guys too. I still feel like he's not a real person, dude. <laughs> I'm not. He's chatbot DRW, I'm telling you. So so we have also Raj. Hey, Raj. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah? Um, I would like to do this introduction. Uh-oh. Everybody, welcome to the main stage. Quit your grinning and drop your linen. Welcome to the main pole. It's Raj. I, what do you say to that? Like, <laughs> now we got to stop that before we hit copyright laws. Actually, I wanted to talk about something tonight. Uh, <clears throat> I, I'm a little upset with you guys. Oh, what? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm part of the Quiet Council, but apparently, I'm not part of the Whisper Consortium. So, what's going on with that? You're the only. You're, you're not the only one. I think the only one who's a member of the Whisper Consortium is Shane. Oh, that okay. is fact. Yes, it's <laughs> yes. just Shane. Really? Yeah. Well, now I don't feel so bad. It's not so really I, a consortium. It's none of like y'all motherfuckers have submitted the blood, urine, and semen sample, so <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And, and actually, I think the only person that did was Rowan. Where, <laughs> where she got the semen is beyond me. Don't ask. I was impressed. Yeah. <laughs> so also, we've got Rowan with us. Hello. <laughs> I'm not telling you where I got that scene. Uh, yeah. So those stairs were awkward. Yeah. So here it is. Um, currently, while we're recording, it is the middle of January, and uh, I don't know. It, it's it's really the whole year of 2023 has has been weird in a lot of ways, but uh, it's been a blast doing the House of X book club. So. I figured it'd be it'd be time since we're coming up on our anniversary. Now, calculating this, our anniversary is actually in May, um, because that's Math when we that's hard. when we started. That's when we aired, um, but we started as a book club in February, and then Shane's like, "Why don't we just make it the best of 2023?" Since you know this is the new year, and I think that's a great idea. Yep. I may end up talking about some stuff that actually aired after 2023 but maybe not we'll see how that goes so at any rate uh since we're doing kind of you know uh, uh since we're, we're, we're beginning a new year and kind of going over our favorite things and and um i don't want to say reinventing ourselves or reintroducing ourselves but why don't we I, I got a question for everybody here uh, what are y'all doing lately i mean does anybody have any cool things they're working on or anything that they're they're enjoying, anything they're doing that they, they want to talk about? I bought new pants. There we go. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and apparently I bought a... I, I was trying to update my wardrobe and I um, 
I bought a vest I thought was going to be in nice blue. I did not realize it was Walmart greeter blue. No. So oh, no. I'm probably going to have to take that one back. <laughs> <laughs> or apply for a new job. Really? One of those two. Just save it for a few years. We were talking about your eventual retirement. That's that's your backup plan. There you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, I already have the vest. They'll have to hire me. <laughs> Raj, you got anything Anything you... Uh... Anything interesting uh, well, going let's, on here? For Christmas, I got the uh, Lego Ghostbusters Ecto-1. Nice. And nice. I'm looking forward to building that. Cause That's awesome. It is awesome. It's a totally cool car. So, yeah, yeah. That is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Rowan? You doing anything interesting? Any any, um, any fun things going on? Just trying on to life? keep up with my reading. We just finished Patrick Stewart's Making It So, and that was a cool book. Yeah. Ooh, Enjoyed yeah. that. He's a real actor. <laughs> yeah. He's a cool guy. No, yeah, he's a really cool guy. Yeah. He's a really cool he guy. Really had is. a lot of cool stories. Yeah. Oh, like- that, before we dig into our stuff for um the the book club, we should talk about like some of our favorite things outside of the book club. Well, I'm hoping that that's what's happening here. Yeah. Roger's got a new pair of pants. <laughs> what's what's Drew he doing? He stole my pants, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I want to know what Drew's doing. All I'm doing is I'm trying to get a decent night's sleep because this damn kitten I got is keeping me awake every night. (laughs) Mm, Of course. Kitties. What's one of your favorite things right now, Shane? One of my favorite things right now? uh, um, Days off. (laughs) Nice. No, but... um, no, I mean, I I would really like to start doing more podcast stuff this year. I think Mm -hmm. that... But yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to the most for 2024. What other podcast would you do? Um, I mean, I'm open. I would. I'm down to record podcasts for people. I've got okay. the gear. Um, I don't have to be. I. I don't necessarily want to be on all the podcasts I got record. It. Got it. I would be down to do a, a role playing game podcast. Um, Which we've already talked about. Yeah. Uh, do like I thought it might be fun to do something around uh, pro wrestling. Um, I just got to reach out to people and try and yeah. get something like that set up. Um, I think you're well suited for both of those. Yeah, I think I think both of those would be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, I think I would like to hear like what some like like Rowan. What were some of your favorite books from this year? Uh, like just books in general, or just whatever you read this year? Oh, um, you know, I was just talking with my boss about how I didn't um, have as many favorites. Um, from uh, my reading. I mean, I read a a lot, um, but I didn't have as many books. There weren't as many books that um, I felt grabbed me, though I did did read a really good book called The Vaster Wilds earlier in the year. I read a cool book called The Librarianist earlier in the year and about like a weird dude who's a librarian and and he's just a singular dude and um, and, and it takes place um part of it takes place during world war ii and it, so is that fiction or non not uh, those are fiction okay um i enjoyed those um so those were actually a couple of highlights um i read uh, a book that had, that isn't coming out until march i read a, an advanced copy of a book called the hearing test and uh and it's about a, a woman who loses her hearing mm. and then kind of gets sort of isolated and it's just but the way it's written, it almost almost wonder if she's just sort of isolated anyway, and um, have mixed feelings about that book. Yeah. So I, I felt like I was reading a lot of books like that during the year. Um, As also, you all can tell, uh, she's the intelligent one of the group. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the rest she's got of us, us are, all beat by a long shot. <laughs> yeah, the rest of us are all just thirteen year olds and old well, guy yeah. bodies. That's, Ron and I both work in a bookstore, so we actually end up reading a lot of books yeah. although i think this year we've read a lot fewer books than well we have you know yours tend to lean towards the picture books so <laughs> <laughs> not hence this podcast yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, though i i um with the, with the exception of uh, making it so i was uh, leaning into fiction a lot more and i i i i've been kind of wanting to get into more nonfiction fiction for a while i had quite a non-fiction streak and i'm I want to kind of get back into that reading. Nonfiction, non-fiction. though, can take you down some dark roads. You yeah. Kind of be, got to be careful. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. That's why I avoid it, honestly. Oh. Well, <laughs> I don't know. There's some good stuff. Like, I, I just recently, uh, someone recommended and I checked it out, was um, When Breath Becomes Air. It's like a, by a neurosurgeon. Oh, sounds I, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, yeah, well, Roger, what, 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 what did you guys read? Um, <laughs> 
Well, I, I actually was hoping to talk about something else besides reading. Okay. Um, so <laughs> uh, I don't talk about it a whole lot on, on this podcast because we mostly stick to books. But I've got another podcast uh, called Deep Dives and Deep Cuts. And we're getting close to our 100th episode. Um, it's hugely popular. It's a fantastic podcast called Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, The History of Punk, Post-Punk, and New Wave, 1976 to 1986. And, of course, we talk about punk and new wave. And um, it has been a it's, – lately, it's been a complete blast. We're having a great time. Um, my uh, longtime friend and, and former housemate, Joseph, and I are, are doing it. we got another buddy, another uh, high school friend that I roped in named Tony, who uh, joins us from time to time. Um, and then we have guest, guest hosts, um, hosts from other podcasts and musical talent and photographers and book writers, you know, whoever's cool. connected. So it's been a lot of, it's been a really good thing. It's been, been a lot of fun. And of course it's a lot of work because while we're doing two podcasts, basically, you know, <laughs> besides the house of X, I've got the deep dives and, and I mean, it's, it is, it's, it's a blast. So, so there's that on top of that. I, um, am still trying to, trying to get some writing done, um, which has been harder lately because I tend to fin fill my time with lots of stuff to do. Um, in October, when we did our, our, uh, live event at Gallery Bookshop, when you, you guys joined us, uh, we were all together, except for Drew, of course, um, you guys joined a walking tour that I was giving. Yeah. And it was a haunted walking tour around Mendocino, California, which yep. I think was a lot of fun. It was. Yeah. Um, and I intend to do a lot more of that. So I've got a bunch of stuff happening. Cool. Um, that and, you know, the general stuff. As far as reading, Roger's right. I've been reading a lot of picture books. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, too, got through Making It So and... Um, another book called, is it This Time Tomorrow? I think so. I think that's yeah. the title. By Emma Straub. And she wrote the book because her father, Peter Straub, mm. was dying of cancer. and Peter Straub, the author. Yeah. Yeah. He was dying. And so she wrote this book. And she finished it before he passed. Wow. And he read it and, and loved it. And the story, the book actually is about a woman whose father's dying of cancer, and then she's able to to go back in time to when she was sixteen years old. And it's it's about like getting the chance to spend the time with your loved one when they're healthy, and and what you do with that new yeah. that new lease, that new ability to like you know be with them and spend time with them and how would you do it you know yeah. how would you go back and what would you change and and it's, it was really good it was a good read so other than that i'm reading some current x-men and that shit is just off the chain <laughs> yes so, <laughs> i mean i love it i love every minute of it so what um, was your what do you think um exterminators was that your favorite God, exterminators was so good and i i do i do love it um but as far as a short series, I would say Exterminators is probably my favorite. Yeah, okay. Um, I love it as much, though, as, like, X-Force. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, oh, God, who, who, who? Ben Percy. Yeah. Ben Percy's X-Force was amazing. And I've loved his, his books. I mean, I read his novels. Oh, okay. Um, and so I know he's a, he's a very good horror writer. Um, you know, because I'll, I'll read his fiction. It's a fantastic. Reading his X-Men... And his Wolverine, his X-Force and his Wolverine are just balls crazy, man. It's just, it's insane. It, it needs to be said, though, for people who are not up on the current continuity like myself, Rob and Shane are up on the House of X stuff that's currently going on. And that's basically what they're talking about. They're not talking about <laughs> X-Force from the 90s. Or no, the previous exterminators. Everybody in Although these, those were good series. Everybody, no, that's not true. Everybody <laughs> in these books have feet. Everybody has feet. X Force had its moments. I will defend it. <laughs> I, I'm with you. You just like Domino and Cable in the bathtub together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Raj. Thank you. I think they have their moments. Thank you, sir. Yeah, um, the, yeah the best moment in in X Force was when Rob Liefeld quit drawing it and Greg Capullo started. Wow. Speaking of Greg Capullo. 
we have something to look forward to, right? Oh, yeah, we yeah. do. Yep. Yeah, he's going to be doing Wolverine, which is amazing. That is going to be fantastic. Not since Andy, Andy and Adam Kubert picked up Wolverine have I been excited yeah. about a Wolverine yeah. artist. Yeah. So, but anyway, so that's what's going on here. And Drew, was there more to you? What's going on with Drew? You know, this last year for me was just kind of, it just kind of existed. I didn't really do much this year outside this podcast. I will say. Which is like great, but it was a very uneventful year for me. I, I, was I, just, I just went back through my reading list yeah. and I didn't read anything worthwhile. <laughs> I will say, Drew, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to open the door here and, and Drew is a very faithful customer to the bookshop, to a gallery bookshop in Mendocino. Although he doesn't read what he buys. Uh, he better. I sold him the one of the new X-Men compilations. Actually. Yeah, I'm not going to read that, though. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> you've already done it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But, but tell everybody why you were so excited to buy that issue, that book. I don't know. I like, I mean, because I, I read my comics digitally. And I, I read a lot of my books digitally, honestly. Your, I, I, people I, like you are why comic book stores are dying, sir. Oh, ah. 100%, 100%. I consume most of my media digitally. Like, I read primarily on my Kindle. Um, and I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks in the last couple of years. But one thing I've always done is if there is something that I thoroughly enjoy, I will buy the physical copy of it. Yeah. And so, I don't know, the, I, especially if it's important to me, like if, if it if it has if it resonates with me and so that's why when i when i saw that there was a compilation of like the first this first section of x-men that we're reading i, I think it goes up to cancellation i don't i don't know i kind of just quite. skimmed particularly looking for issue 24 but i don't <laughs> own any x-men comic books so to have a physical copy of you know this era of books that we're reading kind of like i saw them i was like oh i have to get that because that's important yeah so the the book in question is a penguin classics is now doing x-men spider-man black panther and and you have the x-men penguin classics collection which covers i think up to about 25 or 30 maybe even a little further and it doesn't include every issue it includes i think the best of the era and as well as um, some text by writers and, and artists or, or editor. I think Roy Thomas like has some text in there where he talks about what was going on during the making of, et cetera. So, yeah, it looks like it goes up through issue 66. 60, okay. So, but there are a lot of issues missing in the middle. You don't yeah. have them all. Um, but it is fantastic to have. So There's uh, a lot of issues that aren't worth having, though, to yes, be honest. yes. Frankenstein, anyone? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm just impressed that Roy Thomas still has his act together to be able to write because, I mean, he was in his 30s in the 60s, right? He was in his 20s. 20s, okay. He was, he was a young 20-something when he got the job. So he's like in his 80s now. I just, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's, I mean... And still writing. He did X-Men, I think X-Men Legends was what that series was called. Yeah, yeah. He did like a, a Wolverine... Uh, Jack of Diamonds slash Meat Beast and Mesmero storyline. Oh, bless his heart. Yeah. Um, no, I just, I, I'm impressed. That, like when I see that some of these guys are still around, like I bought um, a question book last year uh -huh. and the artists were Bill Sienkiewicz and Gene Cowan. Uh, I was like, wow. Wait, that wasn't a new book though. Yeah, it Modern was. Take of... It was huh. the question book was, it came out within like the last three or four years. Okay. Wow. And who's the question in that? I, I don't remember. See, because Renee Montoya is the current question, I believe. Yeah, yeah. But I thought I thought they were splitting it between her and I can't remember the name of the previous one. The guy. Yeah. <laughs> I forget his name too. I feel like this was this was like a, a hardcover collection of like one of the black label, which is their current mm -hmm. elsewhere the DC current elsewhere worlds line yeah. is is all black label. And that's where that was the, the Batman book where they showed Tiny Bruce Wayne yeah. and caused such a big stir. <laughs> His little Batman. Yeah, the little um, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, um, so that's us in a nutshell. Um, anything else to add before we get into it? I would like to recommend um, Cassandra Caw to everybody. Go yes. Out, go go look go check out the Salt Grows Heavy and Nothing But Black and Tea. One of my favorite oh, yeah. books. I've read I've read tea. both. Um, yeah. and in fact, I'm reading right now another one by her and 
God, I can't remember his name. Brandon Sanderson? No. No? No. I think she was in an anthology that he put No, out. it's a book that her and Kadri are doing. Okay. Did, and it's called, uh, oh shit. It's basically, I forget the title, sorry. It's basically like Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets uh, Dresden Files. Um, nice. And the main character, she's a demon hunter. And it's it's pretty good. Oh yeah, you were talking about that. Um, But That's Cassandra really Claus, good. Nothing But Black and Teeth was one of my favorite books. And still is one of my favorite books. It is amazing. Very atmospheric. So, yeah, cool. definitely. Definitely read her. All right. Shall we? Let's get into a little bit more readings. Yeah. I so, so. Um, I first of all, I, I want to ask everybody how they're liking the House of X book club. I mean, you guys are still having a good time, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> 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 It had to be said. Of we course. get together once a month and shit on our idols. <laughs> How can that be bad? Yeah, well, that's I. That's funny too because we really do. We we talk a lot of crap um, about this franchise. The truth of it is, I, and I'm speaking for myself, it is my very favorite comic book franchise. Oh, absolutely, you know, by far. And uh, but we talk so much crap, and and I feel like we talk crap because we feel like we're entitled to since. You know, we grew up reading these books. We we grew up with these books as they grew up. Um, that and we're self entitled douchebags. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> well, too. there's yeah, that's that's the two parter right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, but I, I I think that what one of the things that I I because I did think about this and I think one of the things that is different is as you look at it as you grow older, like you're willing to to forgive more. I feel like we were willing to forgive more when we were younger. Yeah, I would agree. And yeah. as we grew older and taste refined and even as like political climate and culture and, and just uh, our view of the world has changed, you know, we don't, you know, you get, yeah. so you get, as you get, you don't let as much shit slide <laughs> as you would yeah. when you were you're younger. Willing, you're willing to call out the BS mm-hmm. a little more. Yeah, absolutely. I do think, I mean, yeah, we, we make fun of Stanley all the time. Like, like all the time. And, um, <laughs> I mean, we do have to remind ourselves that most of these uh, characters, like even outside of the, the X-Men and stuff are, are characters that he created or co-created. And they were interesting and new at the time. They were, they were, they were new. They were maybe f- flawed and, 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 and innovative in, in ways that superheroes you know, hadn't been up to that point. Yeah. And, um, and even though the storylines were repetitive and, 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 you know, novel and silly ways, um, uh, especially to our tastes, our modern tastes now, they were, they were some, they were something special at the time. And, um, and, and, and still, and, and if they hadn't been, if you hadn't done those things, what well, they wouldn't have happened and we wouldn't have them. And no one else would look at Iron Man and be, and come up with something new and something better and you know, or something more nuanced, you know. And no, someone wouldn't have looked at X Men and thought, "Oh wow, someone is seeing me," and and and, and seeing this, you know, or or being um, unabashedly anti bigotry um, and coming up with this gr- group of young people and also valuing young people. How, how how new is that? How interesting is that? Well, the also the interesting thing to point out is two things from in for my point of view is number one there was some staying power with the stories and characters right or they wouldn't still be around right, they wouldn't right. be making multi-million dollar movies about them right and at that time they were not respected comic books were just lowbrow lowbrow it right. was lowbrow art it was lowbrow stories it was where a writer went when he was down and desperate for money to to get by they were not you know, in society, I, they were not well respected. I'm I'm reading a book currently right now, and my brain is gone. Or I'd tell you the title, but it's a book about Marvel's uh, Marvel's history. Mm-hmm. And they talk right now where I am in the book. They're talking about like the 1970s, where where they were doing kind of adult magazines. You know, they weren't comic books. They were black and white magazines, but with an adult. Like they talked about drugs, and they talked. They were kind of tawdry and had yeah. had like. You know, it was like a step up from Mad Magazine, even where there was, you know, the big breasted woman with, you know, and this was Marvel that was putting it out. Yeah. 
Um, but Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> Apartment Myth Wrestling Monthly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Vonnegut was like a writer on the series. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know um, which I find interesting. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, well, I mean, look at what DC was doing in the 70s, too. I mean, Denny O'Neill took Batman in a whole new direction. He did. The 70s is when comics really started to grow up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Drew. No, well the problem the problem is is that it was it was like but pre code, it was anything goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. was and then the restrictions pulled everything so far back. Yeah. It was it got well, silly. Yeah, was, it got really ridiculous. That was the fallout from the fifties and early sixties when we don't want our youth being targeted corrupted by funny books and it stayed and it stayed that way till like 1970 when vampires and werewolves were allowed to come back in into comic books hey so drew tell me about your experience in the house of x book club how are you liking it i mean i'm i'm having a great time with it because these these are comic books i never would have read and i think i've said that before on the podcast too and this is it's it's such an important franchise to not only to comics but to you know pop culture in yeah. general at this point that it's 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 really interesting to see like where it came from and i'm i'm having a really fun time honestly like comparing the you know silver age of comics to what i have read as you know a more modern reader because i've historically shied away from the silver age because it just doesn't grab me and so like being forced for lack of a better word to read these books has been kind of mind opening yeah in a way i i I am reminded just now of what you said before when when you said i didn't read them because it intimidated me all of the 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 backstory all of the you know the universe was so vast that you kind of stayed away from it Um, yeah well and that and it's a universe within its own universe like it's not just the marvel universe comics we're talking about it's the x-men universe inside the marvel universe and here, and which here is you are even more here you yeah. are yeah. now you're at the beginning of it and you're you're going through the the progression of this universe mm-hmm. so we have effectively turned you into one of us <laughs> maybe it's still not my favorite franchise but okay. it's i'm having fun okay let's just stop there. i'm really excited for like the epic <laughs> storylines that yeah. i know are gonna Shane come cut though. drew off now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no um i, I I am excited. No familiarity well, with like the, I, I the Dark mean, Phoenix saga, and that'll be great. It's yeah. interesting. I, that's one of the things that this fascinates me. It's like I wonder if Chris Claremont has a, a sense of pride in that he wrote the Dark Phoenix saga, and it was perfect and great. And they tried to make a movie about it and fucked it up twice. I, you know, <laughs> I I think Chris yeah. Claremont saw that coming too because he wrote the Dark Phoenix saga. And he'll even say it wasn't perfect because it didn't get to be the way he really wanted it to be. I mean, there are some changes in there. Remember, he wanted Jean Grey to die and be gone. Yeah. And, well, I mean, they're... and Marvel was like, "No, you got to bring her back." Um, but, but it's interesting nowadays because he's kind of talking about how he feels about all that right now. You know, he's coming out and just mm-hmm. saying it and he's doing more work for Marvel and he's not afraid to, to be honest. And I think that's cool because people are listening to him. So anyway, I am glad that the four of you are are here. I'm glad that we're all doing this journey together. Um, I think it's fun. And I'm, I'm uh, again, having a great time. We've been doing this now for about almost a year. And. In a lot of ways, it doesn't seem like it's even been that long. No, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we have read 50-plus <laughs> issues of comic books just for this book club. And uh, and watched one documentary and... Um, and made up a bunch of goofy shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do that every day. That's, <laughs> that's, called, that's called writing emails at work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, let, let's start let's start here with Raj. Oh boy. Yeah. Um who's your favorite X-Men? I mean and my question is also not only who's your favorite X-Men, but obviously since you have read you know decades worth of X-Men comics, um you've had a favorite. But as far as what we're reading now, who's your favorite? As far as what we're reading right now, my favorite is Jean Grey. Mhm. And the reason I say that is partly because I know what she becomes later on. Mm-hmm. But when you read the books at first, especially when uh, 
when uh, they were first being written, Stan Lee kind of dismissed her. She was just the girl, and she was kind of a token character and whatever. And, you know, she was in the kitchen a lot. There were several scenes with her serving them dinner or whatever, (laughs) you know, and she's like, you know, just being the polite. It was the cook's day off. That's that's true. That's true. Whatever the reason. Mm -hmm. Um, We know Warren doesn't know how to do anything because he's a rich boy. But um, by the point... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he can get by on his old man's money. He can get by on his old man's money. trying to teach you not to hate. He's a D-list Batman. He's a D-list. Not even that, dude. Um, yeah. But I think where we've gotten to by issue 50, and that podcast has not been posted yet. It will be soon. But where where she is by the end of the 40s, issue, you know, yeah. 40s, early 50s issues, she's really starting to come into her own, I yeah, think. Yeah, a lot of great development there. We're, we're on mm-hmm. like the what third or fourth writer now. Mm-hmm. And they're realizing that she has more to contribute rather than just being the token girl. She's got this unique power set, like kind of like Magneto has and Professor X, and they don't know what are the limits, what are the definitions. She's still learning what she can do with it. Exactly, and they're still trying to define her, but... They're taking her in an interesting direction that's going to become pretty awesome later yeah. on, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, I just like the character and what they're doing with it. Yeah, very cool. You know. How about you, Rowan? Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think Jean Grey's my favorite, too. Um, and p- part of that has to do with I feel like there's some ambivalence in how she's portrayed in the writing. Yeah. And that's because it's the female character. Right. Um, I feel like there's always some holding back with her. Because guys don't know how to write women characters. Right. Generally, at this point in time, they can write a teenage male. They know how to write Iceman and, and have him be a goofball with Beast. Right. Because they're guys. They can do that. They, they've lived it. They don't know what to do with her. Right. And there's something kind of interesting about looking at this character that they have given the power set. They've given her this power set that everything about it says she's the most powerful member of the team. Oh, yeah. Right. That's very true. And, you know, and, and sort of like watching them try to navigate that in the book. And then every now and then they let that power set really shine. And, and then, then and then, tired. and then, right, and then they pull it back. Well, you know. but they all do. You know, they, but for, you can't uh, have an unlimited reason, character. For like some that. reason, they make her. They, if they do, right. her they, more oh, than so everybody else put oh, together. I agree with oh. that. They're doing it less now, though. Right. Yeah. In yes. fact, in fact, when there's an explosion, you know, in in the issue where she and Cyclops were trapped in that little cage, yeah, you know, she put up a force field. Um, her her work is. I think she's starting to carry the heavy load of the well, team. Well, we all kind of laughed at that issue where she was using her powers to knit or something yeah. stupid like that. Uh-huh. But when you stop and think about it, I think one or two issues later, she was using that power to untie knots. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's not too far-fetched. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the two kind of yeah. go together. She's fine-tuning it. Fine-tuned control. Yeah. yeah. Um, Drew, Drew, who's your favorite? Um, and don't say you know, Angel. I've, I've, no, it's definitely not Angel. I've I've said this before, and maybe it's because it's my bias because I'm playing Iceman in our um, in our role playing game. Uh-huh. But like I, the reason I chose Iceman in that game was because Iceman's always kind of been a character that resonates with me. I really I really like the fact that Iceman only has one thing. He's only the Ice Dude, right? Like. That seems super lame, but then he actually uses his powers, like, for all sorts of random crap, and it's great. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I, Iceman it, right now is my favorite, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that he's just like the most normal person on the squad. Like, he he's not dark and gloomy and a little mopey bitch like Cyclops. He's not just the rich boy who's <laughs> absolutely fucking useless and just only brings his money to the table like Angel. He's not annoying like beast you know i i really agree with everything everyone said so far about gene gray and i feel like 
mm, maybe even in 10 issues, she will be my favorite because her character arc by far has been the best. Yeah. But as as of right now, I still think Iceman is my favorite, but Jean Grey is a very, very close second. Cool. How about you, Shane? Um, I thought about this. Um, and I feel like he is a part of the team, technically. So I'm going to go with Banshee. Oh, nice. Oh, because I feel like, I mean, Jean Grey would probably have been my pick, but I don't want to, you know, it, it, it's, I want to, I want to cover some of the other characters. So I, I think that if it's not Jean, then it's going to be Banshee, just because he's still, uh, at this point in the books, he's still a little bit of a mystery. And he was kind of a, uh, he had a little bit of a swagger to him. It was like, yeah, I'm going to vibrate myself and go steal some tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go steal this painting because it reminds me of home. I was like, just the, you know, like, like to what Drew said, he's using his powers in ways in these early issues that kind of goes away. Yeah. Um, Cause Iceman certainly isn't making ice cream in the eighties. Right. Um, you know, and then he, that, and then he gets up and he's like making ice golems that, have a portion of his intelligence and like if he gets killed the ice golem becomes bobby drake and but it just uh the fat the way they choose to use the banshee's power set has got me has had me the most interested yeah and it could be because yeah. he's not in every issue and so he's not getting worn out like i do think that maybe if they had had a bigger roster and had different combinations that would it might have made some of the stuff that we shit on, like a little bit more palatable. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, I'm, I'm pretty excited about Banshee becoming, I mean, we'll get to it eventually. Yeah. But him becoming, you know, from right there from giant size number one, he becomes a full fledged member of the team. Yeah. And, and it's cool because we've already seen how professor X is trusting him. And professor X is like, I'm going to bring him in on this mission and he's going to go, you know, at any rate. And I, yeah. and I agree with you. Banshee's great. Um, but who's your favorite, Rob? Well, yeah, who's your choice? so my my favorite it's mimic, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I love mimic. Um, <laughs> I like the bastard members of the yeah, team. <laughs> the bastard members. It's true, I do. But you know what? I I only started really thinking about this today because for the longest all through this reading, I'm like, how do I feel about any of these characters really? Um, and then I started thinking about like, okay. Things that I have already read that take place in... Just admit it's Professor X, dude. In the future. Um, well, I'm not going to not admit that. Um, <laughs> I'm not not licking toads. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I noticed that like, I don't care for Beast. And part of that is colored by you know, more recent X-Men. Because Beast is an evil yeah. bastard. <laughs> I don't know. I'm 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 not down with the chauvinist in the issues we're. But reading that's what now. I was. That's what I was going to say. He <laughs> he he's kind of a dick in the current in the stuff that we're reading now. So yeah. I, he's not my favorite. Angel, I think, has a lot of strong points about him. You know his. Oh powers. yeah, like what? <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Uh, well, there's brave. the there's the one issue. Where and it's only one issue. He's vulnerable. Um, there's the one issue where Xavier's like, he may be the bravest of the X Men yet, and it's like, you know, Angel is is trying to recover. He's been injured because you know Cyclops shot him, um, but he goes off to save his t to help his team, and and it's that kind of thing right there. there. There's just these little bits of development every once in a while, and they don't develop him enough to be my favorite character. So right. he's off the off the charts, but. I really like him a lot because of that. And I am also, and this disturbs me a little bit, finding myself kind of liking Cyclops. Um, more to, I know Rowan's looking at me <laughs> like, who the hell are you? <laughs> um, I'll admit in the nineties, I actually liked Cyclops quite a bit. And yeah. then I think as time went on people kind of mocked the character and whatnot, and we certainly have. I kind of oh, lost yeah. respect for him. Still but, do too. Yeah. And I still will. Well, well, I think that's a I think that's a valid point because like I feel like the nineties Cyclops was completely different than the Cyclops we're reading. Absolutely. Well and the and the current the current Cyclops is different from the nineties Cyclops and is different from the Cyclops from ten years ago. Yeah. Like he like uh, spoiler alert, 
Avengers versus X Men, he kills Ooh. Professor X. Yes, he does. And that was, is like fun. and owns it. He's like, Yep, fucking did it. Had to be done. Had to be done. Not happy about it. Had to do it. Yeah. yeah. Take one for the like, team, be the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. So I love that Quentin Kyers choir's Cyclops was right t shirt. That was awesome. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> um so so but still Cyclops isn't my favorite, and it's still because the things that I talk shit about him for, he still does. He's yeah. still a whiny bitch. He's, He's still, still mopey. Yeah. What well, my favorite and Professor Xavier is fantastic, but right now I actually see him as a villain. I see him as the character that gathers a team of heroes, trains them, and then they realize this guy's bad. Well, and they, they have haven't to, realized and they have it. to turn. Well, no, and they're not going to. But but I feel like he's that kind of character where they have to fight their mentor, you know? But he's a, I, I'll agree with that to the point of saying it's shades of gray and he's a far less villainous character than someone like Magneto. Yeah, of course. Magneto's out to like conquer the world and kill humanity. Of course. Yeah. Whereas I, I, Professor I, I, X just does the casual he's villainy. Very, he's very He's very controlling and manipulative. manipulative yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's why he's a villain in that right. sense. But yeah. see, they didn't write him as a villain. I I think we've talked about this before, yes. but yes. he was not. He's not meant to be a villain. He's right? not he's meant not, to be a villain in these it is, books. It, the way they the way they're writing them, and they've done this with the other characters to a lesser extent. But because we have said that he is a good guy, everything that he does it's is justified. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 not it's not correct, you know. You know, ma- mind wiping people, just random people driving by, so they can give you a lift to the the Piggly Wiggly is yeah. not cool. No. Yeah. And, and including on mo- multiple occasions, the hero's parents. Yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the fence about that because to me, that's that's a version of protecting them. That's a way of protecting them. Protecting the parents? Yeah. Is this like the Harry Potter thing? Where... Yeah, kind of <laughs> when Hermione wipes her parents, her uh-huh. existence away from her parents. Yeah. It was creepy. It's creepy to to read that. And, I, and there's a part of me that finds it hard to believe that nobody, no comic book reader read these issues and we came across. What I'm saying is I have a hard time believing that nobody read yeah. and, and I, thought... Well, that was creepy. I, I wish we could find somebody who read these books from the start when they were coming out and just get their take on it. Right, yeah. right. That I, I would, would be, love that. I would. Because, it would be interesting. I mean, not oh, that yeah. they got so far as to think that Charles Xavier was a villain, but mm-hmm. that they came across something he did and thought well, see, that now, was creepy. This, you know what I mean? Yeah. For me, I'm thinking about the stuff I read in the '90s, and I'm and I didn't have the perspective that you guys all have. You guys nitpick a lot of stuff that, like Shane said a minute ago, when we were younger, we would have glossed over. Now I'm wondering if I go back and read the stuff that I loved in the 90s, am I not going to like it? Yeah, well, I've been there. I, yeah. you know, because I purchased a lot of collections of the stuff that we read in the 90s. I okay. went back and re- reread it, and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I still have most of like the individual issues, and yeah. I went back. So. I a while ago I started doing I started doing two runs at the same time. I started at Giant Size One, okay, and I started at Incredible Hulk three hundred and thirty, which is where Peter David starts writing the Hulk. Starts his great run. That's the that's the best run. I I I would probably say that's probably the single best run on any comic book. I would put that Peter David yeah. run on the Incredible Hulk Super at creative. the top of the list. Yeah. I agree. Um, great writing and there's some great art in there too. Yeah. And at least through like the first part of the seventies, like after after the Dark Phoenix saga, after Days of Future Past, yeah. the X Men kind of fall off for probably at least five years. It's yeah. not as strong. It's not going back and rereading it a little bit older. It's not as strong as it was when we were right. kids. Yeah. Right. So yeah, there's there's peaks and valleys with it for sure. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised. So to get to my answer, as far as who's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rob. We've moved on twice since then. That's okay. Yeah, no, that's okay. Your this, this is why I drag out my, my answer, yeah, because I want to hear what everybody else is saying about different I want I want you to tell me your thoughts. But Jean Grey right now is my favorite. And part of the reason is because of all her development. Like, they really are developing that character. In fact, I think it kind of, I I like 
the personal interpersonal re- uh, interactions, like her personal reactions with like um, her interactions with Ted. You know, yeah. I mean, we made fun of Ted, and I thought Ted was a stupid character, but I ended up liking Ted. I, I did too, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did too. I think even Rowan liked Ted. Well, I stopped hating him. Okay, <laughs> that's good enough. There you for go. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I amb- stopped praying for his early death. Yeah, <laughs> ambivalence um, is an improvement. Yeah, that's good. And so, you know, she's getting. I mean, she has a chance to. To go out into the world and learn what exists other than the X-Men. Yeah. She's honing her abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and if we're looking at Ed Piscor's, uh, Ed Piscor's um, grand design, yeah, she has a really strong relationship with Ted. Like, I mean, they're a couple, basically. They, yeah. yeah. You know? Um, and so, and I, I have taken Ed Piscor's... Uh, continuity and kind of blended it in with the continuity of what we're reading now and and to it me it makes a lot of sense to do yeah to me yeah. she and ted were together and and i think that's cool um she was having the full college experience yeah so so i like her as a character and you can see even the issues that we're reading now um after professor xavier's death she's using her abilities that he was holding back. Yeah. Um, and and it's cool. I mean, she right now is, to me, the only one that's really growing, except for maybe uh, Iceman, who, you know, flies off the handle because he doesn't want to see Lorna Dane hurt. So he, yeah. you know, he gets, he, he gets to be... His heart has grown two sizes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If, if it hadn't been for the for these last few issues that we've, we've read with him and Lorna Dane, I would, I would say that, Jean Grey is the only character that has really had any character development, yeah. but this these last issues with Iceman and 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 Polaris kind of give me hope that they're going to start developing other characters. Yeah, soon. absolutely. And and who knows, you know, next time we do one of these kind of episodes, Jean Grey may not be my answer. You know, at yeah. some point Magneto is going to be my answer. He's my favorite X Man, um, yeah. <laughs> because ultimately he is soft serve all the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do wonder, like, um, that you said that there was no character development. I do feel like that Angel has had a lot of yes, character development has. through the book, even though I still he's not like one of my favorite characters. There definitely has been some character development with that character, and from where yeah, they started. That's fair. Drew, your response? That's fair. I, it's just not a character development that I appreciate. You know, like I don't yeah. like the character they've developed. Yeah. I well, that, that's you yeah, know? that's but that's they fair. Have, they have developed him though. Drew, hundred percent. Drew won't really love Angel until he has honed his abilities, has displayed, you know, branches of his main mutant power, and can. Perhaps, I won't love Angel until he becomes a horseman and could could perhaps lay eggs. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> no, I honestly I feel the character that has developed the least. I know we don't want to talk about like our, our the, the things we don't like, but I think the character that they've developed the least is the Beast. Uh, I feel like he yeah. has stayed mm-hmm. very. He's, he's a bit plateaued. one note. Yeah. yeah. Well, totally. as we'll we'll notice, like we talked about 1970 when they decided the uh, Comics Code Authority loosened up a bit and they started letting monsters in. Yeah. This is when Beast becomes big, flurry, and blue. Yeah. You know, because he, he's one of their new monsters. Yeah. In the yeah. Eventually, yeah, eventually he goes on some fascinating arcs. There's when yeah. he, he becomes blue, he's experiment, And then there's X Factor where he has another mutation. I think it's because he's ex- doing some experiment. He starts getting stronger, but he's getting dumber as he gets stronger. This is when he no longer is blue, right? Right. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. he doesn't have hair. And then he goes around the horn and becomes smart and weaker, but blue and furry again. Yeah. I don't remember. Like, doesn't he in like fact, this kind of, he just kind of circles it, back for it, some reason. He does. There's a lot of stuff in there with like the character infection and yeah. you know, his power. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. It was infection and the antibodies. She yeah. got a hold of him. Yeah. That was, that was good too. That was some great um, Simonson art. Simonson all the way. So at any rate, there's, there's our favorite X-Men. Um, well, you know what, you know what you guys, you guys harp on me for having a least favorite X-Men. And I just want to quickly know what your guys' least favorite X-Men too, so I'm not all alone in this. <laughs> I'll just come out. <laughs> the my, Toad. The Toad. <laughs> Roger's all I'm the I'm sorry, but it is. He's not an X-Men. 
He's so that's your least he's favorite an X-Men, mutant. He's an X-Men book character. So, and yeah, but as far as a team character, it'd be Beast for me. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. I, that's valid. Well, if, hmm, it might be a tie. Rowan's going to say Cyclops. It's Beast and Angel. <laughs> say it. It's a tie between Beast and Xavier. Beast and Xavier. Okay. Okay. You mean I'm alone up. in my favorite and my least favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, we're all hating on characters because there's something about them that we really dislike. I really dislike the Toad. I know it's I not too. a. It just, it just the character annoys the living shit out of me so much. I hate him. I just. <laughs> well, I, uh, I think I. It was a recent episode where I basically said i agree with magneto for kicking the shit out of toad all the oh, time yeah well i just yeah. listened to yeah. the one we recorded where you guys were mocking toad because he wore that metal belt so <laughs> magneto oh, could thrash it, on it's him. their kink yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that's that's the one thing that's disappointing too as everyone progressed through the decades i feel like the toad changed the least yeah well so toad actually will go through a transformation he tries to be a good guy he even, at some point, will team up with Spider-Man what? Um, and lead his own superhero team. Is this a Marvel 2-in-1 thing or something? Yeah. All right. There yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he even kind of leads his own superhero team. So he works on it. You know, he tries to be oh, better. Okay. Um, and I think the last time we saw Toad was when he basically kicked Magneto out of the helicopter. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was really cool. It I mean, was. You know, this is a it's a little piece of development for the toad. Yeah. So the only I, one you're gonna get for twenty years. I though. cheered for Toad right there. I was like, <laughs> Yes, Toad all the way. So so let's to go ahead and talk about villains. Who's who's your favorite villain, Rowan? Magneto. Uh huh. Even though he, they keep him kind of one note for a long time. Um he's in the books that we've read, he's the only one that comes across convincingly as the big bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. So much of the buildup for others is not either not convincing yeah. or just peters out. I think they tried to make Factor 3 the big bad. To me, it never felt like they were. No. Well, that that thing fell didn't, apart. didn't just shit the bed. It shit the bed, set it on fire, threw it out the window, and said, lost a bitches to everyone at the <laughs> Motel 6 they were staying in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Magneto seems to be the only one that just effectively comes across as threatening, as truly angry. He, he, he kind of feels there's been he's been in a few issues, so he's built up a convincing grudge. He kind of feels like yeah. he's the only one so far that can take out the X Men. You know, he's got a good power set, yeah. And um, and then these more the more recent issues, they've actually given him some development. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so where he's actually behaving, not just that whole, because you know how he was doing, like, I don't need your loyalty. I just need your fear. And that was silly. Um, but That's now, more bad writing, though, than right, anything. Um, now it's like he was sort of manipulating yeah. the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. And yeah. then, like, with this whole thing with Eric the Red. Eric the Red, was that right? yeah. 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 He was sort of like, well, I don't really have much of a choice, and I'm I want to see what happens. Let's see what happens. And in um, this 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 sort of th- thinking, like in these terms, was very interesting. Instead of being an absolutist and being like, join me or die, he was thinking in terms of negotiating how negotiating the situation and 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 being strategic. And I was like, ah, now. Now we're kind of seeing him, why he lasts. We're getting a little bit of him being smart and strategic, and why does this villain last when other people think he's dead, Yeah, right? He's my favorite. Right. And I feel like they're also treating him better as far as the writing goes. Yeah. Now, this is, I, I, I think I know the answer to this, but let's go to Drew. Who's your favorite villain, Drew? Um... There's two different ways I can answer that. The I and I I agree with everything Rowan said. I think Magneto is the best villain. Like he there's there's nobody who can actually threaten the X-Men. And 
you're Rowan, you're totally right. They are starting to develop him. And I'm actually really excited to read issue 51, which is our next issue that we have yet to record because he comes back and there, the story is about him. He's, he's like, he's, he's the, you know, secondary protagonist essentially of that story. And so I'm, I'm waiting to see if they develop him. So as far as like villains for villains sake, I think Magneto is the best, but as far as well-rounded, well-constructed villains, it's it's gonna be the Locust. I mean, he had yes. he had everything going for him in the one issue. He had he had reason for doing what he was doing. He had motive, opportunity. It it was a complete character arc, and I still maintain that that's the only issue where we've had a complete character arc for a villain so far. And the only the only reason Magneto. It can come close yet in my eyes is just because he's been in so many issues. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Locust... I, I'm trying to remember if Locust shows up in the X-Men books again um, anytime soon or at all. But I will say that before I read these, I already knew of the Locust because of the Marvel um, role-playing game. Because in some of the modules that they released, the X-Men modules, Locust would be like the first villain that you'd come across in the game. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's not a good villain, but he's yeah. the best. He's the best designed so far. Yeah, right, he's got the. He's definitely a C lister, but yeah. he's still awesome. I think it's great that he's got giant grasshoppers. <laughs> <laughs> so Shane, tell me about yours. So I I I have two for this one. The first one I'm gonna I think is is probably Mastermind. Yeah, and I feel like that is partially informed by the potential of his powers and, and, and what he becomes in the book. Yeah. And I feel that he just, those powers, if you get, he gets a hold of someone's mind at the right time. As, he's gonna as we'll see. Yeah. Completely alters their whole reality. Yeah. It's nasty. Yeah. The second one would probably be Submariner. Oh, nice. And here's, here's why Submariner as a villain uh, intrigues me is when I try to think of when I try to write games and things like that, I want I try to write the the big bad as as something that I learned in sitting in on seminars and stuff like running audio for seminars for pro wrestling. The and the thing that made the most compelling villains in wrestling was the the bad the guy that was the bad guy the guy that was playing the bad guy believed that what he was doing was right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that is Submariner oh, he yeah. is out to protect Atlantis he is out to protect the Atlanteans he believes that anything that he does is justified to protect his his culture and so that he, makes, he gives zero fucks about land dwellers right and so that makes him the most compelling villain to me because you know he's got this that he needs to protect, everything else can burn to the ground, and he, yeah. and that I just feel like that it it that that dense poten that potential for a dense stories with Submariner Fantastic. is the best one. Yeah, that's really great great point on both of those. Um, I I as far as me, I have to agree with you on Mastermind. Um, in my mind, Mastermind has the potential to be the most awful villain in the Marvel universe. I mean, he can do so much. We've seen him use his powers on such a scale that, I mean, he could take over Magneto if he wanted to. He's just not, he's a coward. So yeah. he's not quite mm -hmm. applying himself. Um, and so I I really like him a lot. I mean, Mastermind terrifies me, you know, as, as a villain. I, I, well, I don't think it's fair to say that my favorite villain is Magneto because... Everybody knows my favorite. Magneto's my favorite hero. <laughs> you know, he becomes a hero. Right now, he's a he's a villain for sure. Um, Only a hundred and thirty four issues yeah, to go. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> but who's counting? Yeah, right now in the books, that dude is totally unhinged. Well, that's the myth. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> totally unhinged. Totally is. Um, so he is painted as being their ultimate villain. Um. So well, in a lot of ways, he's the Hitler of the Marvel yeah. universe. Well, one of one of. Interesting though is he gets more developed, and I think it starts when he walks into the UN building with yeah. the X Men. At that point, and he's telling the people in the UN, and 
it's interesting because this is where he's not just written kind of kind of flat, you know. He's got a little more depth to him because he says stuff like, puny mortals, I'm not here to fight. You know, it's like, well, you sure talk like you're here to fight. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, he 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 says, uh, I don't I don't want to take over the world anymore. You know, you 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 underdeveloped, you know, species. I'm I'm here to tell you that I want to create my own haven for mutants, for Homo Superior to get away from the weaker species like yourself you know <laughs> i don't want the world i just want your half yeah <laughs> so i mean he's talking and, and the truth of it is is he the lying and we know he's lying because he's still throwing in there the words like puny humans and yeah. homo superior and stuff like that but the writing is a little more it's deeper than it has been where he's just like i only want fear you know so i think and taco bell and taco bell um <laughs> And then I think, of course, that they're building him better and better, like specifically in this storyline with with Lorna Dane, you know, um, which I don't think will have which aired not yet. Posted, yeah, not yet, no. which won't have aired by the time this does. But uh, it's fun, so no spoilers. Um, so, you know, so he is your favorite villain. I have to say he's You're my... You're talking yourself into it. Or something. Yeah, I sure am. Um, <laughs> it's it's a tie, I think, between him and Mastermind. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I really think so. I think Mastermind has the potential. I want a story where Mastermind crushes Magneto. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be awesome. I mean, I would be well, so... That'd be, that'd be a what if. I mean, that'd be an excellent what if story. It would, but I think it would be a great story for the the actual universe. Yeah, I feel like they had. It's been so long since. I mean, the Mastermind died at some point, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, he got so, the legacy virus. Yeah, that's right. So, but I mean, bringing him back and putting him in the modern book would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I can't remember what happened at the at at the for the backstory of Old Man Logan. He somebody tricks him into killing all the X Men. Is it that him? was no that was mis mis. It's Mysterio. Mysterio, it? yeah. Damn it. They they fumbled on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It should have been Mastermind. It should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Um so anyway, that's that's mine. I, I I'm like Shane, I, I love Mastermind. Um and I think I think uh, Magneto. But you know, if we're gonna look at like the you know, the Netflix series, uh Jessica Jones. Yeah. The Purple Man, um, uh, Zebediah, Jebediah, Kilgrave, whatever his name was. Yeah. In the comics, he's a purple man. David Tennant's character. Mm-hmm. That guy right there, fucking scary. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I had a yeah. hard time watching it because yeah. of him. I mean, I'm traumatized too. Yeah. Um, but that is the kind of villain that Mastermind is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Probably only still the best Bendis book that has ever. Yeah. Come out. Totally. I mean, totally. Mad credit for you know the Ultimate Spider-Man and Miles Morales and all that stuff, but that. Well, that alias, let's Purple Man story. It, it was a combined effort. I think Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev. The the artwork on yeah. that was une- made you feel uneasy. I mean, it, it was, was gorgeous. But, the, and, but that getting in the mind thing—that's why Mastermind is such a scary. That's why villain. he's yeah. so scary. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, that's my favorite villain. Um, Wait, did Roger? Did you get to go? No, I didn't. That's why we're, we're, we're going that's up next. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's okay. Um, I'm basically going to say uh, what everyone else has said and just say Magneto because pretty much Rowan described everything. Um, he's Magneto, for me, is the most directly involved villain. Uh-huh. He's a direct threat to the X-Men. Yeah. And he's like... A mutant Hitler saying, I'm going to kill all the humans. This is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. He just is fouled up every time by, you know, the X-Men destroying his plans. I think he lets his emotions get in the way. Well, (laughs) yeah. I mean, he's a a raving lunatic. (laughs) So, I mean, it's like every time they show him, there's a close-up of his face. And you can see him with that hole in his mask, you know, the shape of the mask. You can see his face is like... A raving lunatic, mm-hmm. so he's completely unhinged. And again, not knowing at this point his backstory and why he's like that, there's a sort of an air of mystery to him and all that. But I mean, the other, it, it, it maybe it's by default too. They've spent the most time developing him as a villain. But 
Like Factor Three were not villains. They were just a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Man, yeah. that one that that one that one was such a bummer. Yeah. It was. And it was and it was I kept thinking because they would show the one leader character talking every now and then in the in the books and I'm like that's the Magneto. Mutant master. That's Ma- yeah. I'm like <laughs> the mutant master would be Magneto. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking that it's actually Magneto. Yeah, so did I. Right? It was it just seemed obvious. And then it wasn't. And I'm like Wait, what? You know? So anyway. Well the big shocker there is you find out not only is it not Magneto, but it's not even a mutant. It's the, an yeah. alien. <laughs> Space aliens. That was a yeah, that, I don't know. I felt like I that that story I felt like they just didn't know where they were going. Yeah. And they kind of well got it, behind. It, it and, was just a it was a glorified villain of the week. It took yeah. what, three, four issues yeah. to go anywhere, and then it fumbled at the end so so for our listeners out there you, you've probably already heard this uh, drew mentioned the marvel role-playing game which we all play um i run the game and uh the members of this book club are the x-men um our own brand of x-men although we they're characters that are in the stories mm-hmm. so rowan plays mystique drew plays Iceman. shane currently he started out playing wolverine and then currently plays dazzler Roger started out playing Havoc, but currently plays the Danger. Danger, danger. Um, and a version of Danger. Yeah. yeah. And early in our game, early in our game, and because we've been playing now this this whole game for a couple years. Yeah. Um, I kept throwing the Factor Three thing in there, the mutant menace, and trying. Xavier was trying to send them on mission to go fight Factor Three, and nobody gave a shit. Nobody wanted to do it to the point where it just wasn't worth my time. <laughs> so, so we let oh, that it go. was like the that was like the missiles. The what was it? Um, was it mis- not Mysterio? It was Mesmero. Yeah, Mesmero with the missiles. We were like, yeah, fuck him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. This will conclude part one of the House of X Book Club's annual episode, annual number one. Uh, Stay tuned next week for part two, and uh, we'll see you then.